So we are to teach the stories. We're to teach the stories is the instruction here from to our children and teach it to them in such a way that they teach it to their children. And what's interesting about this scripture is it's not talking about Bible stories. This was family stories that he's talking about. It didn't say like, hey, teach the stories, teach the Bible, because there, there wasn't yet. It was, you had the, you know, the law and the Torah, or whatever. But at this time you had, these weren't the Bible stories. They didn't get out the Bible and say, here's the Bible stories. They got out family stories. And they said, hey guys, gather around. Here's how God moved in my personal life. Here's how God moved in our family. Here's how God did something with your great grandpa. Here's how God did something with grandma. And here's how your uncles, and here's how God delivered us from this. And they passed on family stories of what God did. Somebody say amen. And I think we've gotten it twisted a lot of times. We want to just say, oh, here's another Bible verse, and here's another thing, and here's another thing. But imagine the power of the weight that would have if we gathered around the table and we told stories of the things that God did in our family's lives. Amen? And so that was the instruction here, is tell the family stories of God. And it's interesting because I think our excuse in terms of telling stories to our children would be, well, they don't get it yet, or they can't follow, or they can't comprehend. But how many Buddy the Elf stories do the kids know right now? How many lyrics to the Frozen movie do the kids know, right? Like, how many NFL games can our kids tell the stories about? Or uh, all those kind of things. So say, well, I don't know if my kid could, like, navigate the Bible or get into it. He might not be able well, listen, your kid can navigate your HDTV channel guide DVR recorder better than you can, right? We got to stop making excuses for why we aren't putting emphasis on telling the stories of God to our children. Amen? It's a big deal. Uh, they said about this, they said, um, tell these stories as you celebrate Passover. And so here's what's interesting about Passover is the families would come together and celebrate the Passover meal. And so they would get together as a family and have a meal. Notice it didn't take place uh, at church or at the next Bible study or the next children's ministry event. It took place in their homes. They got together as families and talked about the things that God did. And so what we're excited about here at Vertical Church is starting in 2015, we've hooked up with this curriculum for our children here called Orange. And the idea behind orange, if you can put the slide up, is a really cool combination of church being yellow and family being red. When you put those two things together, you make orange. And so the idea behind the curriculum, and it's called orange, is that we can merge or partner together family and church in a way that what I'm talking about happens. The stories of God go from church to home and from home to church. Because we have to tell the stories to the next generation because the scripture that we just read says in order for the next generation to make it and keep hope anew and hold on is if somehow we find a way to pass on the stories of God in our life. Somebody say amen. And so here at this church next year, we're going to be putting tools in place that you can go online. And you can read and you can look at the things we've talked about here at church. And you can go, it's simple things like they give you prayers, like our curriculum. You'll be able to log in. You'll be able to get a prayer to do with your kids before you go to bed. Um, there's stuff for like around the dinner table that you can talk about um, if you even still have dinner at the table, right? Like um, that, that's, we are moving, we moved into a house yesterday and um, isn't it, it's so easy to, oh, let's jump in front of the TV or, you know, and it's all split up. If we can get around the table again right? Just like Passover and tell stories, right? Why, why do we love the holidays? Why, why do we get together and have these meals? Why? Because there's something significant about getting together and telling stories and interacting. And um, 
So what's really cool about the curriculum we roll out in 2015 is that, is that we're going to work together as a church and as a family to say, hey, we're going to continue to tell the stories of what God is doing in our lives. Amen. I was um, so blessed a couple weeks ago. Um, we did this thing called the, the Holland Rescue Mission did this thing called the um, Great Thanksgiving Banquet. And um, what it did, what you could do, there's all kinds of ways that you could serve. But one way that we served was of the two homeless shelters in Holland, um, they came together on Thanksgiving Eve to do a Thanksgiving meal. And you could sign up as a church to be a, t- a table host. And the way that the table host was, as, as they came in from the rescue mission and different places for a meal, um, you could host them at their table and get to know them, connect with them, and really had this family feel. And uh, I got stuck in the back. So my wife and I had a table and a bunch of others from Vertical had a table, and I got stuck like way in the back. And so our tables was one of the last to fill up. And so the good thing for me was I got to kind of watch, like just kind of see how this all worked. And what was really cool, what really blessed me is we have a family, they're actually up serving in kids ministry right now. Um, <clears throat> but we have a family called the Sizemore, called the San- named the Sizemore family. And, um, and so Jason and Jolie, they went there. But what was really cool that blessed me is they brought their, um, gosh, I'm going to guess like six or eight-year-old. You got a Quinn, how old? Seven. They brought their seven-year-old with them. And, and so I'm like two, three tables back, and I'm just kind of watching. You know what they did that night? without like getting out a Bible and thumping Quinn, their little daughter, like we need to love our community. We need to, you need to do what's right and reach out. They didn't do it that way. They said, hey, come with me as I show you. And they have a story as a family. Like they went and loved on the less fortunate and they had a meal and they got to have that interaction and she loved it and she was blessed by it. Another couple uh, from our church is Doug and Holly Blaukamp, and they have two teenagers, and uh, one is Hunter, and, uh, and Hunter uh, is on the JV uh, football team, and he's the quarterback for them, and so this year, we would go and watch his games and cheer him on, and Doug is a football guy, and uh, loud, loud when you're there, like we'd bring Caroline because she loves football, but um, when he would cheer, she would jump every single time, like he's like, ah, he's crazy, and so what I love about Doug is he would go there and he would run the sideline. He would hold the thing for the first down and the yard marker and do all. And for his son, his son's story, he was there. He was there. He was involved. He's cheering. He's giving his best. But then also when it came to the spiritual component, he, they brought their teenagers to that too. And they had them at the table and they had a meal. And, they did, and that's, the, that's the godly balance that I think that this generation needs. It's, hey, come with me while I love on you with what you're doing, but let's together come and give back and love somebody else somewhere else. Somebody say amen. Obviously, teenagers are super busy, and I'm sure, you know, it was probably a discussion. Like, hey, guys, we want you to come with us, and teenagers like, well, I got Xbox, and I got stuff I got to do, you know, but, uh, but like as a family, they made a decision to go there and serve and love, and what I love about that example, not to put them on a pedestal, but what I love about the example is it's not hitting them with the Bible, Hey, you know, you guys ought to be loving your community and you ought to be, it was saying, hey, let's go make a story as a family. Let's go love and connect and have an impact in real life. Somebody say amen. Proverbs 22, six says, start your children off on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. So start your children off on the way they should go. And even when they're old, they will not turn from it. So we have an almost two-year-old. It's Caroline's birthday on December 23rd. 2002. And, um, and, uh, 
starting our child off on the way that she should go is interesting how naturally we think of that. We think of it real naturally as a parent. It like kicks in as a natural parent. And so um, we're teaching her things in ways that she should act, and it's very natural. We're starting her off in the way that she should go. So an example is this. She'll bring me her little baby doll. So, hey, here's my baby doll, whatever. So I take that baby doll, and what do I start to show her? I show her how to hold the baby and be nice. And I say, like, oh, nice baby, sweet baby, here you go, right? And we give it back. Why? Because I'm showing her what? We have to be kind to little babies. <laughs> and, um, and then same thing. So another example is, like, our dogs. Um, we got a golden retriever and a yellow lab. And so they'll get playing, and they'll get whatever. And she's a two-year-old, and so sometimes she'll hit, right? So she'll hit the dog. And my golden retriever, he's very much like me sometimes, and uh, he can just be, like, old and grouchy. Like, just leave me alone. Like, just let me do my stuff. You guys are all like, I can't believe the pastor said that. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, I do. Like, I'm trying to watch a game. Just leave me alone. I'm doing my thing. And uh, especially in the morning. And so, so anyway, with my golden retriever, I have to do what? I have to show her the way. Like, hold on, Caroline. We don't hit the dogs. We pet the dogs. And we show them how we pet the dogs. And she hits them again. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait a second. We don't hit the dog. We pet the dog. And it comes natural as a parent that we know, hey, we have to start these children off right in the way that she should go. Uh, we take her to work with us sometimes, and we come through these front doors, and there's a lady sitting at the reception desk, and she always, oh, hi, Caroline. And so sometimes Caroline uh, either just woke up or needs a nap or whatever, and she'll ignore, and we think that's rude to ignore. And um um, and so we'll stop her and say, no, you got to say hi. And you can say hi. Why? Because we're showing her how to be polite. And naturally, in the real world, we make an effort very easily to start children off right in the way that they should go. But I think a lot of times in the spirit or in the kingdom, we don't think very often about, hey, how can we start them off right? How can I take some time to position them to win in the kingdom of God and what God is doing? And so we have to be conscious of we got to tell stories. we got to talk about the things of God in our life. We have to show them about grace and forgiveness and compassion and love. And we got to show them how to walk in faith. Somebody say amen. So we have to be conscious of that. And uh, Psalm 127 verse 3 says, Behold, the children, behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is the reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. And uh, you got to aim them, you know, like, like arrows in the hand of a warrior. You have to be tactical in how we raise our kids. There's so much junk out in the world. There's so much stuff coming at the next generation and coming at our young kids at even younger ages and younger ages. I mean, turn on the news. You can just go see. It's all starting younger and younger and younger. Why? Because the enemy is trying to get them aimed at the wrong stuff at an earlier age. Why? Because he knows there's power in aiming them properly in the beginning. Somebody say that's right. So we have to be conscious of that as parents and as a church and as a community. Like, hey, how can we aim? How can we take our kids and, and aim them at something? Um, a leadership uh, lesson that we always go to, like a conference, the guy would always say, the largest gap in the world is between what you know to do and what you actually do. So we all know we need to eat better. We all, need, you know, we all know all these things that we need to do. But the gap is between and actually doing it. What we know we need to do and what we actually do is a huge gap. And so the way that you can curb that gap is to make the goal. Like set the vision. Like, hey, 
How are we going to pray with our kids? How much time are we going to take telling them the stories of God? What do we want to have them experience and encounter? And I think as a church and as a community, as we head into 2015, we selected this day to say, let's pray about that. Let's be prayerful about that. Let's consider um, how we're going to aim our kids and how we can do that going forward, because I think it's a, it's a big deal. Um, people say this, well, it's so hard to be a parent. Like, I don't know. Um, I'm not perfect. You know, I have all these things. God said this. God said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. He didn't say be perfect with all your heart, with all your soul. We're going to miss it. We're going to fall short. True story about Jesus' parents. If you go back and look, Passover meal, they were celebrating and they went in and they did this, did this big festival. And then the scripture said that they were on a two-day journey before someone said, hey, where's Jesus? Like, wait a second. Like, yeah, Jesus' parents messed up. They left him for two days. Like, I mean, there's times where, like, I pull out of Meyer parking lot, and I'm, like, quick checking the car seat. Like, how did you go two days without Jesus? You also know he's Messiah, right? Like, how do you mess up? Okay. So, to, so there's no perfect parent. Like, we're all going to mess it up. We're all going to mess it up. But the command is, like, just do your best. Love your God with all your heart, with all your strength. That's what kids want to see. That's all we want to see It's just that you go for it. Amen. I'll close with this, if you want to come play it each. Um, I think more so in this generation, in the generation to come, I think if we can make a way to do what I talked about earlier, say, hey, here's my hand. Let's do this together, multi-generational. Let's do this together. Yeah, there's some things that I don't prefer, and there's some things that you don't prefer, but they're not heaven or hell issues, their style issues, we can work together. Let's take what's good in you and good in you and let's make great and we can reach the next generation. But it's not going to come in a way that we just thump somebody with the Bible or we give them another Christian catchphrase or we go on Facebook and put up pictures with all these phrases about how they're in sin or how they're wrong. or what. I think it's going to come by saying, hey, come here, you got to hear this story about this time where only God could do this in our life. Like, yeah, I know you're struggling. Teenager, college, life decision. I know life just knocked you down. But I know what it is son, daughter, I know what it is that the only way I could go to sleep was praying myself to sleep. I know what it is to forgive when I didn't want to forgive. I know what it is to give grace or to hold my tongue when I could have shredded somebody. I know what it is to be in that situation, but trust God and tell the story that you'll make it. You can do it. All things through Christ who strengthens you. Tell the stories. I think there's impact in our story. I'm not belittling the Bible at all. It's the Holy Scripture. It's the Word of God. But I think sometimes if we sit down, I think some of the most powerful words in life are when someone can look you in the eyes and say, I know. I understand. I've been there. It hurts. And it was wrong but God is just and right. 
and his mercy endures forever. Somebody say amen. We get so caught up in the next thing, in the next thing we've been talking about the last couple weeks, destination disease. If I can just get to this, I'll be happy. If I can just get to this, I'll be happy. And we spend all this time chasing the next thing. When I finally get to that, I'll be happy. But the truth is, if you could sit down and reflect with your family and with your kids about the stories that God's already doing, I think you'd find a lot more peace and content, contentment here in your, in your circle, in your story, in your life.